Hey listeners, this is your biohacker speaking, aka Katie. If there is one thing I dread, it is walking down the skincare aisle of my local pharmacy. There are just so many options to choose from, and I never really know if something is actually working. So that's why I reached out to Rachel Varga for some TLC and guidance through her one-on-one -on -one consultation. And honestly, there is just nothing better than putting your skincare regimen into the hands of someone you trust and who really takes the time to evaluate your skin type and then give you access to products you just won't find on supermarket shelves. Since I'm on camera almost all the time, I really can't afford to get a breakout or have my skin looking dry and flaky. Rachel's protocol has literally changed the texture and complexion of my skin to the point where I'm starting to get ID'd again, which makes you feel good at literally any age. So if you haven't booked your session yet, then head over to rachelvarga.ca to learn more. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode right here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast with yours truly, Rachel Varga and my fabulous fun co-host, Katie Type A. We are on a mission to help everybody tuning in here to look good and feel good and all of that good stuff in between. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, and hit the bell notification so that you know when we go live and learn about all things at beautyandthebiohacker.com. So Katie, take it away. Yeah, so just a little bit of background. Um, I am in the YouTube space, as you mentioned, Katie Type A. And yeah, my mission is really to help people, you know, achieve success without sacrificing their health or happiness. And I do that by really doing deep dives and investigation into some of the biohacking tech um, in the space right now. Um, and so, yeah, I've got about three and a half years of experience just self-experimenting on all the crazy gadgets I've been able to collect. And I am so excited to talk to David today for sure about how to purify some of the air quality around us, because that is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just share with you who David is, what he does. And David Milburn currently serves as the VP for the Young Trust, a tech-focused VC firm and the CTO of Hypoallergenic Air LLC. At HypoAir, Milburn has spent 10 years solving some of the world's worst air quality issues for clients ranging from aerospace manufacturing facilities to hospitals in Brooklyn during the height of covid over the last decade, he's assisted thousands of business owners, homeowners, and biohackers of all walks of life to solve their unique air quality challenges. David Milburn from HypoAir, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. We love biohackers. They ask questions nobody else does. So. Oh, well, you're in for a treat because I'm also a journalist. <laughs> I, I definitely told that. Told <laughs> We're the professional here. That's great. So yeah, I mean, I think kind of just one of the first things top of mind for me is just kind of educating everybody about why they should even be caring about the air quality of their home. You know, it's sometimes you walk in and you're like, I don't smell anything strange or potent. And so, you know, is my air quality really that bad? And to be completely honest, like I've dealt with a lot of forest fires. I live in California. Rachel has too. So yeah, I'm pretty aware about like some of the environmental air quality uh, issues going on. So tell me kind of like, you know, from a consumer perspective, how important is it to really make sure that the air within your home that you're isolating is high quality air? Sure. 
Well, we don't want any of our customers to worry about air quality. I'd probably start with that, but it is an area to take seriously. And many of our customers are aware of a specific issue they're dealing with and others have none. And they're just trying to optimize their health. They're trying to reduce exposure to toxins. And we almost, you know, we get the full spectrum, you know, between those two, but you know, air is just like water or food. You know, you want to purify what you're getting. You want to reduce toxins. You want to help your body to naturally detoxify and so that you can go out and be more resilient. And, you know, we deal with air quality issues that are severe, like wildfires. You know, obviously the peak of, you know, a wildfire near your home, you've got smoke, you've got chemicals, you've got, you know, very fine particulates. It's going to be a very different day for your home's air quality than the rest of the year. And so we want to help you prepare for those type of situations, as well as just to have, you know, more positive air. And, you know, with something like beauty, you know, it's directly linked to skin aging. It's directly linked to, you know, meeting and rap, meeting, reading and math scores in school. I mean, there's, there's so many areas that uh, sleep is going to affect you. Um, and so yeah, it's a big area to, to look at, at least. I love that you mentioned aging and skin health and beauty and all that. Because we had a really good chat on the Rachel Varga podcast before this, where I'm going to answer you some more questions a little bit more related to aging well, but let's keep it a little bit more nerdy in this one. Mm -hmm. And in previous discussions with say Naveen Jain from, from Mm -hmm. Viome, and we had Lucas on the show recently Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, nootropics, Mm -hmm. peptides, a lot of the information that Mm -hmm. is used in the sort of like industrial aspect, say with astronauts, space certainly is making its way into the more consumer um, market. So David, tell us a little bit about some of the research from NASA on air quality optimization that HypoAir actually uses. Yeah, so we actually got our start about 10 years ago by commercializing a NASA technology called photocatalytic oxidation. Um, There's various forms of it on the market today used both, you know, residentially and commercially, but at its heart, and this is something we like, it's replicating a natural process that takes place outside. And so what we want to do is find those natural processes outside and bring them inside because our indoor environment is typically a place where you're introducing contaminants, you have sources of contaminants, but you have no mitigation. You know, there's no natural process that's breaking those down, that's removing them. And then the NASA angle is an interesting one because it's such an extreme scenario where you're having to recirculate the same air over and over and over and over again. And especially if you're looking at long-term deep space missions where they might have to grow fr- like grow produce on the actual ship, well, how do you deal with trace VOCs? How do you deal with something like ethylene gas? Um, is it just going to keep recirculating and growing, or can you actually find ways to, to efficiently remove it without a bunch of replacement parts, without a lot of energy, without taking up a lot of space. And so originally that was the PCO technology. So that's sunlight reacting with a mineral called titanium dioxide. Uh, we brought out our own uh, catalyst and it gets kind of nerdy from there, but you know we're mixing different metals or different size um, uh, catalyst particles, so nanotechnology, and then you're using a specific wavelength of UV light to both be germicidal as well as to start the reaction. So that'd be one of our technologies. We use other ones, we believe in 
you know, air quality, you need different tools for different scenarios. A lot of technologies have pros and cons, both from a cost efficiency standpoint. You know, certainly it'd be great if you could have everything in every room, but that's just not practical. Um, and so we have to find ways to make products both practical, efficient, and effective, you know, for people's homes. Um, but yeah, NASA is, is a great scenario because you've got kind of the worst situation. If you can solve it there, you can solve it in your home. I love it. And catalytic converters, if you've kind of heard that word before, it's actually in every vehicle mm -hmm. to reduce emissions. And sure. sometimes if those converters aren't working very well, you need to replace them. They're creating more pollution. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. You got your own little catalytic converter that you yeah. plug into your wall mm -hmm. or um, actually do with your HVAC mm -hmm. at home. Yeah, it's the mm -hmm. same thing that happens outside. You know, for the last maybe... I don't know, 10, 20 years, there's been a lot of products on the market that kind of promise the world, but all they are is just like a very simple physical filter. And that's trapping some things, not most things, and it's having no effect on the rest of the contaminants. So with biohackers, a lot of the biohackers we speak to are concerned with something like mold for good reasons, especially if they're reactive to it. And so with mold, you've got um, this little creature that's growing on a surface somewhere in your home. Maybe you can't even see it. It's putting out mycotoxins, these chemicals. It's putting out spores. And with a physical filter, all you're going to be doing is trapping some of those spores and then feeding the spores more organic material so they can grow in the filter and keep producing chemicals and keep producing spores. So you need something that's more than just a physical filter. And sadly, our industry has been really bad at being truthful with, you know, realistic applications for their products. Mm -hmm. And with some of these devices that have these at-home filters, you literally have to change them almost all the time because when you ever, you know, if you let a couple months go by and you take it out, it's like, looks like there's soot that's built up and you're imagining like, well, that's going on, that's circulating all the time right. in my environment. So like, you know, it, it really kind of puts into perspective how much stuff you're accumulating. Now, let's dive into kind of some of the symptoms that people might be facing that, you know, because I think it's it's sometimes really hard to know if you have, uh, you know, mold toxicity, um, you know, asthma is a little bit more, um, you know, apparent, but like even something like Lyme disease, like what should people be thinking about in terms of the symptoms that they're facing and how that might relate to the air quality of their home and and mm -hmm. how could something like hypo air help there i mean as far as symptoms we'd we'd say go to a doctor that specializes in this type of application because if you read about mold toxicity symptoms it's basically everything mm -hmm. and it's it's the wildest things you can imagine we hear people that suddenly they wake up one day and they can't like feel their toes they you know their minds aren't working like a fog you know they have tingly skin there's all kinds of things that you can experience. And one of the things that our customers face that's frustrating is they might be the only person in their house that's reacting to that house. Mm -hmm. And that can that can be tough to deal with because you don't know, you know where it's coming from. And for a lot of people, mold in the air is never be even something you even think could be related to that. And you know, we've had people that do some really basic mold testing in their home. And as soon as they see, oh yeah, I do have mold, which you probably do. Um, maybe that's what's affecting me. And then you, that you could kind of pursue that path a little bit to reduce your exposure and kind of build up your resilience so that you're not as reactive. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a journey. But yeah, with the health symptoms, we're always going to point you to a doctor. And that's actually how we first found biohackers. It was the, the moldy movie. There had been a doctor that was featured in that that um, had been doing a lot of studies on our technology to use as one of the tools in, in reducing your exposure to mold. 
and that's that's kind of what got us into the biohacking world was actually through through mold yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my first exposure to um, kind of the dangers of mold toxicity in your environment was via Dave Asprey. I mean, he sure. suffered from, you know, um, mold exposure for years and that contributed mm -hmm. to brain fog and migraines and all that sort of stuff. And it's funny because, like, as I think back to my childhood, like, we had terrible insulation, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, the pink foam that you shouldn't be having in your home. We had a, mm -hmm. we lived kind of over a swamp. So you can just imagine when the rain yep. fell. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I moved out here to California that I started to realize some of those symptoms went away that I had right. when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how long does it actually take for you to basically transition from one environment to the other to start to gain back some of this uh, resilience inside around your air quality issues, right? So if you're yeah. facing some type of mold toxicity, how long can you your body bounce back? And how does something like hypoair actually, I'm sure, like exponentially help with that? Yeah. So, I mean, like we want to reduce your exposure to give you a space to recover. And, you know, like I've got a newborn now, so sleep is important. You know, you know, you want to protect that. You want to fight for it. And so having a safe place to sleep is going to be part of that recovery process. But, you know, we have people that do tests along and they have mold in their, their blood and their body that comes up on tests a long time after you know we have people talk about childhood exposure basements or you know whatever the situation is you know it's going to be coming up in your body for a long time in some cases um so i don't have a great answer for that i think it's going to be very variable for the person uh, but there are tests that people can run and you can kind of see what your levels are what might be affecting you both in your environment and other sources so mm -hmm. why don't you share with us you know how we can test the quality of the air in our home and mm -hmm. figure out if it's poor and if we need to do something about it. Yeah, I think I think that the availability of do-it-yourself testing is improving dramatically every few months, actually. Probably two years ago, there, there weren't really many good options at all. You'd be spending maybe $1,500 with a local, you know, professional, um, who's be taking some tests and give you something that's not very actionable. I think Homebiotic is actually one of the more forefront ones right now. There's a few that are going to be doing do-it-yourself cassette testing. So that's different than a Petri dish. On our site, we have a Petri dish. That's a very, very basic test, the Petri dish testing. Uh, the cassette is actually going to be capturing kind of a sample of air, and then you're going to be sending it to a lab to analyze how much there is and what it is, because quantity matters to us. You're going to be exposed to mold outside you're gonna be ex exposed to small concentrations, but if you're just being inundated at home with high concentrations of something that your body is reacting poorly with, that's where the concern is for us. We wanna reduce that concentration, reduce that exposure. But yeah, so homebiotic is a good place to start. Uh, there's a few others on the, on the market um, that I think are innovating a lot and we're, we're actively looking into that. So we always encourage customers, feel free to reach out to us. We'll talk through some specific options for your situation. And, you know, you can pay thousands of dollars and not get anything good. So you got to be careful uh, with the testing. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You know, before you invest so much money into just kind of analyzing your home and then you invest more money into detoxifying your home, what are we looking at price-wise, like ranges for even this like kind of consent, um, you know, thing that you talked about? Like what, how expensive is this going to be as an upfront cost for people? For the quality ones that you're doing at your, on your own at home, 
I've seen like three, four, five hundred dollar range for enough of a sample to really give you something that's actionable. The other thing you have to consider is pretty much a hundred percent of homes have mold. So right. you're probably gonna have mold. It's just how much it is. And so you kind of have to decide how much data do you need before you start acting as well. That's gonna be another thing to consider here. Um, for some people, it's gonna make a real big difference to find out more. Sometimes you might just wanna be proactive, but you do wanna see what, what are the outside levels as well as the inside levels. So you can kind of get a, a benchmark there in your area. Maybe the outside levels are really high and indoors low or vice versa. And that's gonna give you some, some good data there. But yeah, three to $600. If you have a professional come in, easily $1,500 to start, mm -hmm. if not more. And a lot of times I see those where people send us a report and say, okay, I spent, you know, $1,200 on this. What do you think? And it's like, well, it says you got mold. I'm sorry. That's about all it says. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't tell you, tell you how much. Maybe it tells you some of the things they found, but not concentrations. And so, you know, sometimes you don't get what you pay for in this space, sadly. But uh, there, yeah. there's a lot of good innovation, though. So Yeah. I mean, if you say, like, most mo most homes majority of them do have mold and then you have somebody it's like doesn't take a rocket scientist to know yeah. so i mean yeah i think save your money get one of these kind of at-home kits you know it's sort of the same thing as like you know why you would you know not go to a sleep lab or not you know go get all these like crazy panels done there's a lot of at-home things that you can do nowadays and that's really where i sort of put my focus in and like how can you take care of yourself at home and so knowing that there's something that's so easy to use and looks at both the outside and the inside i think that's key um so that so we can certainly include some of those links in in our description below for people so right. they have that resource yeah and I, I would also say with air quality testing you're pretty much always only going to be looking at one type of contaminant which is great but just to have realistic expectations when you go in there because you could have a home with no mold and extreme voc exposure or mm. you know you could have no mold and you've got a wildfire out, out your front door so that you so there are kind of different aspects to the full spectrum of what's in your air. And it's not as simple as we would love it to be uh, to just do a very simple test and see everything. But you got the biologicals, you've got the particulates, you've got the sizes of particulates, and you got the chemicals. Um, so that's great, you know, information on um, on just kind of really getting a grasp of all of the different components, because as you mentioned, you know, there, there are so many different factors that I think the average consumer isn't even aware of that's going on in their home environment. But, um, but let's kind of focus on, you know, the germ aspect. So if you're thinking about you know, obviously in today's day of age, we're all kind of being a little bit more, there's more heightened awareness around sure. this. So I've always heard that, you know, germs on door handles, it's, it's one of the most, you know, prolific places for that to happen. So how does your technology actually help eradicate some of those germs on sure. door handles? Sure. We like to use that analogy because it kind of sticks in your mind, um, you know, a dirty handle. Uh, because that's what our technology is able to do. It's actually able to kill a virus both in the air and on the surface. Um, like a door handle or like a surface near the unit. And that's that's been something we've been talking about for years and most people didn't care. It was kind of like a nice thing that was kind of interesting, but I think we all got a crash course last year in the spread of, of mm -hmm. germs, uh, both to the air and surfaces. And so with, with our technology, one of them, um, like the one behind uh, Rachel there, uh, the Germ Defender is using our polar ionization technology. So that's splitting water vapor into positive hydrogen and negative oxygen ions. Those guys are able to steal hydrogen from something like a protein spike and a virus. And so 
that was actually maybe the first residential air purifier in the world to have SARS-CoV-2 testing uh, because we were able to test it on a surface outside the unit. Um, doing airborne testing wasn't even safe at the kind of the highest tier lab um, in the US. So they were only doing surface testing. So we said, okay, let's just show how it kills it on the surface. And we actually came into 2020 with MERS coronavirus testing again on a surface uh, outside of the unit. And so we were able to actually make the environment more like it is outside where these viruses can't survive for a long time uh, by introducing the same natural ionization that would be out there. So. so I have a question. You talked about mold exposure outside, and I certainly see a little bit of an uptick of, say, things like contact dermatitis or just general redness and skin irritation. And if you're tuning in here, this isn't medical advice. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. It's educational purposes only. But I definitely come across people that have um, actually listed on their health history having sensitivity to mold exposure, which is great. I'm seeing more people notice this and actually convey that to me as their provider. But I also see people know that they're sensitive to some of the molds from outside. So change of season, we're looking at, you know, fall, Mm -hmm. the leaves are falling. Tell me about some of the molds outside. And then I'd love to make some links here with with skin health and how we kind of detox our bodies and if air purification should be a cornerstone of that. Sure. I mean, one thing that comes to mind is my oldest son, he's about five now, he has seasonal outdoor allergies. So he goes and plays in the leaves and all that. And there for a while, he would come back to nap in the afternoon and he's having respiratory issues, kind of coughing and just kind of fluid buildup. And so we took a really proactive approach in creating a safe space in his room for his body to recover and naturally detoxify. Because you're going to still be exposed outside. We don't want to prevent that. But if you can kind of create a, a place for the body to recover, now, when you go outside, you're not as um, activated and your body can deal with that a bit better. Um, so that'd be kind of the first thing is we want to help you build that resilience. We don't want you to live in just a bubble at home. You know, we want you to have a safe place that you can recover, that you can sleep, and then you can go outside and be exposed. <laughs> um, but um, if you're being constantly inundated and your body can't do that, you're, you can't detoxify. You're just, you just have so much that you're being hit with. Um, so that'd be the, kind of the first thing. But skin is something that our company doesn't um, talk about as much. You know, we're often always talking about lungs and your exposure to all these things, but the skin is porous. And the particulates that we're talking about are a fraction the size of a, a pore in your skin. So these things are the same kind that can go right into your skin pores. They can lead to the, you know, premature aging. You know, there's been direct correlations between both indoor and separately outdoor pollution and your skin aging. There's been direct correlations with VOC, so chemical exposure and you know reactions on your skin. And so this is just another where, way that toxins are being, you know, hitting your body, both physical particulates, chemicals, you know, mold, you name it. Um, the skin is so porous that it's just it's absorbing those things in. This is why cleansing is so important. You definitely want to be doing, say, a double cleanse in the evening and then another cleanse in the morning with a a, a properly formulated facial cleanser, not just a splash of water. So that exactly you're getting those particulates off of your skin. And absolutely, there is clinical published data that links higher skin sensitivity and also acne in countries and climates where there's um, more air pollution. So I definitely agree with you on that. 
And it's hard to picture a lot of these things because they're so small. You know, we can't see them. Um, we use the term PM 2.5. It's kind of a buzzword in the air quality world. And that's 2.5 microns. A human hair is around 70 microns in diameter. You know, a skin pore is maybe 50, maybe on the lower side, 20. And we're talking 2.5 and smaller. So they're, they're extremely small. And your body just doesn't have a natural defense against those. Mm. So I, I am really excited to kind of dive into some of the areas of the home that are most susceptible to mold. I kind of think I have an idea just based on, you know, common sense. Um, but before I get into that question, I kind of want to maybe throw a little curveball at you. And I totally understand if you cannot answer this right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it just came up to me because you were talking about detox pathways. And I was thinking of like, oh, how could I stack my biohacks. So like, I'm thinking, you know, we're getting an infrared sauna and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like I'm detoxing, sweating. It's probably going to be a little bit of a moldy environment. Would it make sense to bring in something like the hypo air, a hypo air product into the actual sauna? Is that going to be effective? Uh, is it going to cancel each other out? You know, maybe you could unpack that a little bit if you can. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to cancel each other out. Um, we would just want to have the right unit for the, the humidity levels. Uh, that you're that are in there that'd be a, probably the one consideration uh, and we do have units that can operate in 100 percent humidity um, and so there there are absolutely are applications for that and you know things like any place where you're sweating where you're you're you know um, you're trying to detoxify you've got things that are in the air as well and so you can always use a unit like ours and you know one of the things we struggle with as a company is focus because there are so many applications you know we deal with you know food processing with food transportation, with, you know, casinos, resorts, medical applications, gyms. Name it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're in some of the, you know, the high, really high end gyms, really high end hotels, you know, you name it, there's, there's a lot of really unusual applications, ice machines, you know, so there's a there's a lot of strange places. But yeah, air quality is going to have a, a difference there as well. So Mm -hmm. Katie, that was a brilliant idea asking about hypo air in your sauna unit, mm -hmm. because when we had crazy forest fires here, my hubby and I did a sauna session together and is an infrared sauna session. And I left the sauna to go get some more water. I came back in and it reeked. So all mm -hmm. these toxins are actually coming out of your body and into the air. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a freaking gold star biohack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you guys can collaborate with some, mm -hmm. you know, infrared sauna and have something already built in so you don't have to actually you know, uh, assemble it yourself. It's kind mm -hmm. of a two for one. So yeah. just putting that there into the I, ether. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more innovations like that. And, you know, we want to be working with people like refrigerator manufacturers. I think I can talk about that kind of thing, but, um, you know, basically something like a refrigerator, there's a lot of air quality issues inside of there too. Um, you know, mm -hmm. washed machines, sources of mold, dryers, cars, cars, HVAC, their AC system. 
you know, there, there's a, there's many places that have, have um, room to grow, I think. Yeah. So let's come back actually one second to the, the home, like rooms in your home, you know, sure. you mentioned kind of your laundry room or, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the bathroom, maybe the bathroom isn't as susceptible as say something like the kitchen. So what should people like, where are the areas of the home? If you were to get yeah. one of these smaller units, where would you get the most bang for your buck essentially? Sure. Yeah. I'm, the kind of the the main thing is you're looking for humid environments that's like the number one thing if you got a roof leak a flooding a bathroom you know kitchen any place where water or dampness is creating a nice little home for the mold to grow that's really what you got to look at and anytime you can address the source of that dampness is is a good start you know so trying to prevent creating a little uh, ecosystem for the mold to thrive in is a good spot. You know, we look at places like the HVAC, you know, your AC system that you can't see, a damp, dark environment that no one looks at. You know, that's a good place to start. But I mean, we have people where you can't see it at all. It's under the carpet under your bed. You know, it's kind of, it's a bad scenario. Um, and so there's unusual situations, but yeah, if there's a leak, if there's flooding, if there's known humidity, you know, bathrooms where you don't have the vent on, you know, a lot of those places are, are very susceptible to mold. I actually have used my unit in my bathroom. And what was yeah. really funny, because I think because of the ionic interactions with the device, is the steam actually wasn't sticking to my mirror. Yeah, you said that last time. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a really interesting one. Because, you know, we have people that talk about mold growth on windows and visibly being able to see it not growing back. But the humidity on the mirror is is one that I'm not sure about um, how that how that's interacting with, and maybe it's something we need to pay more attention to. So, I was just going to quickly um, add one thing about kind of um, the range and the reach, because I, as I mentioned before, lived in a a large home with a basement that flooded, and so there were multiple rooms in that basement, and I'm just curious, you know, do one of these? How can you? purpose one of these units to like, you know, um, really trap all of the pollutants in a widespread area. How far is the reach here? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few ways to tackle a home and the, one of the hardest things is airflow. So if you've got a bedroom where the door is closed, having a unit on the other side is not really going to help you. Um, that's kind of like the, the starting point to the conversation. Um, sometimes if you were only going to do one thing, you could start in the bedroom and create a safe place. We have customers that use one unit and rotate it around their home. That's another That's another good option. It's not ideal, but it's another good option. And you know, for a basement like you're describing, if each of those rooms is completely separate, a single unit can't cover that unless we're able to install it in the HVAC system. So if there's a, um, a kind of like a, a centralized flow of air into each of those rooms, if you can kind of picture that, if you can go upstream and deal with the air there and then ionize the, the air going flowing downstream, you can cover each room of the basement or of the entire home. So we, we have units that will install in your AC system that have the, the benefit of both efficiency, so you can cover multiple rooms, as well as you know, you're trying to prevent mold from growing on something like the cooling coil. So the, the coils in there are, are perfect places for mold and biofilm to, to build up. And we actually have commercial customers that the only reason they're looking at our product, sadly, is energy efficiency. 
So they're not actually looking at the air quality benefits, but if they can prevent mold from growing on the coils, those coils are much more efficient and they can actually reduce the amount of outside air. And so it's a big win for like a large commercial building to have these really efficient air handlers and AC systems. But for a home, it's a similar principle. You can keep a cleaner AC system, um, ideally reduce your energy uh, drain, and then also purify multiple rooms. But that's not always practical for some homes. Maybe you're renting, maybe you're in an apartment. You know, we can install in those locations, but maybe you don't have the kind of the authority to do that, or you, you don't want to make the investment there. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing to look at just as a general air quality thing is if you have AC, are you changing your filters on a somewhat regular basis? Uh, does your fan ever come on? Because you can actually program most thermostats for the fan to come on and circulate the air, even if it's not heating or cooling the house. I'm in Southern California and it's not always really hot or cold outside, but we schedule our blower to come on at least every five minutes. I mean, sorry, five minutes of every hour minimum. And so it's always circulating the air a little bit. And that's a good thing to do in, in most cases. Great. So tell us a little bit more about how HypoAir could potentially turn an HVAC system into like a sanitizer. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we, we like the idea where you've already got this huge fan system, this distribution of air. Now you're gonna add some type of purification technology to it. So you're both making sure the air is clean coming in as well as dealing with contaminants as they're produced in the rooms. So yeah, we have units that will install inside the AC system. A lot of times they're gonna install in what's called the blower, which is just the fan. Um, they're gonna magnetically attach there. They're gonna wire into the system. And then now every time your fan's kicking on, you're purifying the air in the ducts as well as in the rooms themselves. It's an efficient way to cover a lot of homes. There's a lot of versatility, but there's also a lot of variability with how HVAC systems are designed. I was just talking to this guy in the Canary Islands today, and he's got a very unusual system um, on this uh, kind of this um, villa property. And, you know, we can work with that, but there, there are some unusual situations too. So. Yeah, my uh, my dad actually, his entire trade was HVAC. And oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I mean, it was great, but it was also terrible on his health because, oh, okay, yeah. you know, he was in like crawl space units, like all sure. these ducks. And at the time, I mean, this was like the 70s and 80s. They yeah. didn't have proper masks yeah. or protection yeah. gear. Asbestos exposure. and Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we, unfortunately, even though he was an HVAC technician, we didn't grow up with central air just because of the nature of our old house. And as I mentioned, it was on a swamp. So it was going to take a lot of overhaul. So we had these like small window box units. Sure. Um, does it work in those or does it, you know, you only can use this kind of in a central air sort of situation? Yeah. I mean, we have systems that are going to install in, in like a window mounted unit, um, something that's called like a VTAC or PTAC. A lot of like mm -hmm. hotel rooms are going to have something similar to that. Normally it starts to become less efficient to install in those versus just having a plug-in unit. Uh, you got the install. The units are a little bit pricier um, than just our plug-in units. Um, so it costs about like $900 for 2,400 square feet. But if that little unit's only covering like a thousand square foot room, it's not always, doesn't always make sense. Um, Cause in some, some houses you might have a house that's 5,000 square feet with a single AC system, or you might have a thousand square foot house with three AC systems. Um, so it, there's a, there's a kind of a, a big differences there. So sometimes just having a unit that plugs in the wall is gonna be cheaper 
and more efficient because it's got its own built-in fan. And so that's what's circulating the air. So when there's not a duct system, it's less common uh, for residential applications. So tell us about the energy use of this wall unit that I have and mm -hmm. also how should we maintain them? Oh, sure, yeah. So that one's our polar ionization technology. Um, so that's, uh, we actually brought that out for biohackers for moldy bathrooms. That was like the original thing because we had so many people that they had these isolated bathrooms that had mold issues and we had all these larger units for big areas. And they're like, well, what about the bathroom? And we're like, well, okay, we'll come up with a small unit for that. And it's been uh, fantastic. It's actually been used in a lot of medical facilities in the last year because, you know, maybe they've got 18 separate, you know, operatory rooms. It didn't make sense to have these big units, so they use the, the germ defender. But um, all I have to say, so the polarization technology requires no replacement parts for life. It's one of the reasons why we like it. And it also takes about two watts of energy. So it's less than a light bulb, extremely efficient. And so really the only thing you're doing, it's got a pre-filter to keep the unit clean. You're going to wash that regularly. We, we say like once a month but it really depends on how dirty your air is. You know, maybe, maybe you've got three dogs sleeping in that room. You might wash it a little bit more often. Maybe you don't need to wash it even as often as that, but it's just to help you, the unit stay clean. And then there are some kind of troubleshooting tips if something gets clogged in the, in the ionizers. You can always reach out to us. The manual has more information, but you know, we really want you to, to turn on our units, leave them and forget them for the most part, and just enjoy the benefit. We don't want you having to change a bunch of filters. We do have units that, that we've worked with that have, you know, the highest grade of HEPA there are, and that, that can be very beneficial in some situations. A lot of times if someone has severe mold reactions, we're going to combine the polarization there with a re recommendation to have an H13 or H14 HEPA. That's going to be like the high, H13 is the second highest, H14 is the highest grade of HEPA um, to help increase the speed of removal because the polarization is going to because it's going to take those really small PM 2.5, it's going to group them together, and then a physical filter can cap capture them faster. And if you can quickly reduce your exposure, then that's going to be a, a good fit for someone that's in, in a bad situation. But if we can, we want to not use physical filters because there's a lot of cost, a lot of waste there, a lot of just hassle. And so when we can, we, we like filterless technologies, but there is a place for physical filters, absolutely. And, and some of our other units, the ones that use our APCA technology will require a routine uh, cell change every one to three years. So very, you know, <laughs> very limited changes, uh, but um, yeah, eventually you will need to replace that part. Um, mm -hmm. Here's a crazy question. I have a friend who uh, really wants to get a dog and uh, has, <laughs> terrible pet allergies. So would something like the hypo air, you know, help mm -hmm. mitigate some of those symptoms and, you know, what would that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to make uh, health related claims to the allergies themselves, but if you can reduce your exposure, uh, that's what we want. And we absolutely have people that say, you know, um, actually uh, someone that's worked with us in a lot of projects, he uh, had the good fortune of being extremely allergic to cats and marrying a lady with several cats. <laughs> um, and so um, when that was when he was first engaged, uh, he got our unit and suddenly he had a lot less symptoms. So if he wasn't picking up the cat, uh, but again, we have to be a little careful with how we to talk about that. But um, we do want to reduce your exposure to airborne allergens. And, mm -hmm. and you know, cats and dogs, they're, pe they're just like us when it comes to air quality. You know, you know, dog kennels use our technology to reduce something called kennel cough. You know, 
they deal with the same kind of allergies and mold issues that people do in, in a different way, but um, they have similar uh, problems too. And, you know, we like to help with odors and, you know, actually a, a kind of a funny story. We, we had a, um, uh, a customer that had our products and dogs and they went on vacation, their dogs were home and they came back and they said, oh no, the dogs got out they couldn't smell them <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they came running up um but uh they were like uh because you've been gone because sometimes when you're home and we talked about this before rachel but you know like you have some blindness to the odor in your own home and then when there's a change and you come back now it now it smells different and actually we had a dog kennel that they, they installed our technology they said it doesn't really work we can't really tell if it's working like, why don't you guys take it back? You know, we, you know, we give a, you know, refund policy and we're just like, sure, you know, no problem. We bring it back. And then three days later they called and they said, we're so sorry. We didn't realize how bad it smelled in here, but once they got reduced and then it came back, they realized that's actually how it always smells. Uh, we just didn't realize it um, because we'd become so used to it. So that is a, that's a tricky thing that we deal with because our noses are not the best um, indicator of how our air quality actually is. But. It's actually called olfactory desensitization. Mm -hmm. Once you smell something, mm -hmm. the way that it gets sensed is actually when those little particles enter a specific olfactory center in your brain. And then that creates, you know, this mm -hmm. chain of peptides that yep. allows us to sense smell, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. Yeah. And we hear that a lot with people going to hotels because, you know, it doesn't matter how nice the hotel is. You go into that room, a lot of times it smells different. You know, you might be picking up on a musty smell. You might be picking up on the VOCs from the cleaning chemicals that you're not used to, but those things might be happening at home too. Um, so you just can't smell them. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, especially talking about kind of this, um, you know, we, we touched a little bit on this, like where you are not even aware of kind of, you know, the change in your environment because you've become so used to it. So, uh, you know, kind of turning things a little bit on its head, you know, if you are constantly, you, you know, traveling with the small hypo air units, you've got them in your house, you are basically like protected from all sorts of, you know, air quality issues, and then you're exposed to some poor air quality, like could overuse basically of a air purification system basically lead to an intolerance of, you know, any air quality exposure? Sure. Yeah. And we get that question pretty much only from biohackers and I love it. Oh, well. <laughs> Cause, cause Yours truly. Thank you. They're <laughs> thinking ahead. And um, yeah, I love that. Um, so, in general, we see people in, in very unhealthy environments and we're wanting to bring that more to a natural um, state. We're not looking to sterilize your environment or create this sterilized bubble. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about sanitization, so constant reducing of your exposure, not completely eliminating it, but we wanna build your resilience. So when you go outside, you know, when, when my little boys go and just jump in a pile of leaves or whatever, we, we want you to have that resilience so that that you can be exposed and not have an issue mm -hmm. in 20, 30 years. You know, if the, if our technology is everywhere, indoor, outdoor, you know, maybe that's, you know, we have to have more conversations and we're actually, uh, we've had a lot of interesting conversations with the home biotic crew on reintroducing positive bacteria, you know, studying how, how it's reacting, you know, in these environments, because we want to reduce the 
unnatural concentrations that we're being exposed to and bring it back into a natural environment. And um, so, yeah, these are important conversations to have as we as we go forward. I mean, it's kind of like the hand washing phenomenon, right? It's important to wash your hands to sanitize, but if you're washing them so, um, you know, all the time and you're just so diligent about it, it, you know, you do start to kind of lose some of the healthy bacteria that is actually good for your body. And, and so it's good to know that like that this product that you have, even if you are using it to the maximum degree, like a biohacker would, it, you're still, you know, your, your body is still going to be able to, you know, respond well to changes yes. in air quality. That's mm. great. Yeah. Yeah. Biohackers tend to say, give me your biggest one. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, okay, how can I have this on me all the time when I, you know, traveling and all that. And sure. what's great is like hypo air does make it accessible. You have so many different sizes. You can travel on a plane with it, which is like definitely the, the thing I would probably use it the most for, because you know, when you're in that kind of air environment, it's, you know, that's really yeah. one of the least sanitary and, and on most unsafe places kind of right now for yeah. me. Um, and so that I think is just absolutely genius. So, um, but yeah, I'm thinking go big or go home with these kind of things. Yeah. If you've ever watched and watched a, a simulation of what happens when someone sneezes on an airplane, it's gonna make you think. <laughs> you you will you'll never want to go back on a plane again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they recirculate like about fifty percent of the air a bunch of times really quick. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not good. I have a question for you, David. Mm -hmm. In our kind of closing remarks here, where do you think the future of air purification is going in relation to our health optimization? Are you going to be doing more partnerships with some of the research that's actually happening in space? Because we got to think to the future, guys, what's going on up in the skies definitely uh, has a direct impact to what we're doing here. So where's the future of air purification and air quality headed? I think it's gonna be interesting. That's a good question. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see the applications actually roll out um, commercially in large scale. Things like refrigerators, ice machines, cars. I mean, why you know why a Tesla doesn't have something like this inside the HVAC system is beyond us. You know, um, there's there's so many applications for this type of technology in airports, airplanes. Um, that it's gonna be really interesting to see because it goes beyond just exposure to say particulates or odors. There's a lot of scenarios here that we're talking about. I mean, we work with, you know, wineries and their aging rooms, you know, um, you know, cider, like biohacker cider, cider manufacturers, you know, cheese aging, you know, you name it. There's a, there's a lot of things you wouldn't imagine <laughs> um, until you get into it where the, these are, this is a really big application can have a tremendous impact, um, so. Yeah, I love being able to talk about air purification in the space of skin health optimization and aging well, because we're kind of in like this pollution soup these days, especially when we're dealing with environmental changes with forest fire smoke. And it's almost like I want everybody tuning in here. If you don't have any air purifiers in your home, get ready if you're on the West Coast to be able to handle the significant changes in our air quality in the upcoming summer months, what's, what's your take on that? I mean, most people have no tools to deal with a situation like that. And it's sad. And a lot of times we see a huge spike in interest or demand, but by the time you do any research, it's pretty much too late in most cases. You know, sometimes you can't get a unit the next day 
to help you when that happens. So we, we do want you to have more tools kind of at your expo at, at your disposal for when those situations come up. But yeah, I'm in Southern California too. The wildfires last year were probably some of the worst in my life. And I'm up and, in Canada and it was it was, you know, ten, it was like eleven or twelve out of the scale of ten up mm -hmm. here too. Yeah. And I mean we're talking it's almost like a like a hundred times, you know, I'm making that up, but I mean, um, the, the multiplication of the air qualities contaminants during that time is so off the charts, you know, it's not just like a little bit worse. It's just way through the roof. Um, so if you have no tools at your disposal, you know, it, it's tough. Um, you don't have any options really. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll just say anecdotally, the fires happened. We were scrambling. We literally had to travel like several miles to find one store that just happened to have one yeah. purifier left and we got it in the nick of time mm -hmm. and we were we thought we were forward thinking like we thought we were getting it fast sure. enough yeah. and it was completely sold out so i think really that raised our awareness of like oh my gosh if only we had thought about this six months ago we had this thing ready to go instead mm -hmm. of waiting to the very last minute yeah. and then and then you know then you're kind of you know mm -hmm. sol if you can't yeah. find something yeah i mean we sold out of pretty much everything we had multiple times last year and it was uh, it was really stressful for us uh, and a really challenging time because we wanted to help as many people as we could. But yeah, we actually sent a notice to our customers back in January about the coronavirus, January 2020. We said, you know, here's what's going on. You know, we actually have studies on this. You know, you're already prepared. You know, like at least you've got some some protection. And so that's kind of what we want our customers to have. We want them to already have, you know, tools at their disposal before things come up um, mm -hmm. so that you're prepared. Yeah, that's great. David, thank you so much for also uh, including everybody who's tuning in. You can actually use the promo code BNB10 over at hypoair.com forward slash beauty and the biohacker. Uh, we're so grateful for your support here on the Beauty and the Biohacker channel and extending that special discount of 10% off using the promo codes, which are going to be shared in the the show notes below. Do you have any closing words for us? I always tell people this gets a little complicated for most people. It's, it's nerdy and it's boring. It might not be for you, but reach out to us with questions. Everyone's got a, a unique situation. We, we deal with people that maybe you're taking all the steps you can, but your neighbor is smoking three packs of cigarettes, you know? So there's so many unusual situations. We have people that, you know, they're biohackers as far as they can be, but they're living in an apartment downtown in a city. There's only so much they can do. So yeah, reach out to us. We'll talk, talk through some of those, um, you know, individual situations and give you recommendations. So that would be, I say, just reach out. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, you are a great resource and thank you for answering all my questions like a champ. Um, and uh, yeah, th this was fantastic. So really appreciate all of your knowledge and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to our continued partnership. Appreciate your time, guys. Thank you. All right. And everybody, you can learn more about this episode over at beautyandthebiohacker.com. Be sure to get on our newsletter where we share exclusive content only on there and take advantage of this very special promotion that David Milburn from HypoAir is sharing with each and every one of you tuning in. And when you use that promo code and that link, it actually helps to support Katie and I so that we can continue to show up and create free content for you. So Katie, do you have any 
any closing words for us? I, I just think this is, you know, really the future of kind of um, holistic optimizing of your home. You know, I think they're like right now I focus on, you know, my water supply and, and, you know, other like supplementations and other things like that. And I think that air is not sexy and it's not something that you really think about because you're just constantly breathing but i this really kind of raises awareness for me of how important it is to focus on it and how important it is to focus on it early rather than later because you do not want to end up scrambling when you actually need your air to be higher quality than the outside you know so this is really insightful thank you so much david